You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Flowers, Greg Hectus, and Tony Groves. Hey, guys. What up, Mike? Good evening. Uh-huh. And we're missing Will tonight because Will is uh, moving across the country. And uh, good luck to him and his travels with his uh, family and all his possessions. And uh, so he'll be back next week, but no uh, video tonight because uh, Will's not here. But let's jump right into it. Uh, the NASCAR iRacing Series is this week, uh, Texas. And boy, what a week it was. Uh, pretty bad for me, actually. I'll start out. Wednesday fixed. I ran P25. I actually got involved in two cautions that were absolutely not my doing. They wrecked up in front of me. I had nowhere to go. And that's how that goes. And uh, it sucks. Uh, Wednesday open. Not a, any better. P26, actually. Uh, wrecked out. And this time it was my fault. I actually uh, lost it coming off, too. Uh, late exit. Uh, Chris Scales, uh, who we're missing tonight, uh, he ran that night and he wrecked out, uh, had a blown engine actually, and uh, ended up stopping early and they didn't finish the race. So, uh, Greg, you ran the next day. Uh, tell us how you ran. You got a P2. Man, were you in position to win? I was P3. We start. I started P2. Uh, I was with uh, Dave and Chris. In that one, and we we had uh, we were all in the top, I think seven for most of the race there. And at one point, I looped it and spun off a two, and had to go to the back and drove back up to the front. And I think Chris stayed up front all race there. And I don't remember what happened to Dave. I think Dave can let you know what happened to his race. I know he got something happened to him. Yeah, I was just around some people that that couldn't hold it and. You know, no fault of my own. I was trying to just get by some people. And that, we, like Greg said, we were all together most of the race, but we kind of got split by some people that were really slow because once you'd get around them, you'd just leave them in the dust. But while you were behind them, you know, one guy just got loose, hit me, knocked me down. I finished 13th. Um, <clears throat> this track is hard to pass at, you know? Like if you like you said, you get behind a guy and he's just a little bit slower. It's hard to get around him. No, it, it wasn't hard to get around him. It's just when when you know guy goes high and you have a good run on him underneath, and then he drops down to try to block you. That's that's where the problem is. It's like I'm faster. Let me go. You, you know, we were I was dealing with that the whole race. So was Greg and you know there there are a couple people on those Thursday splits that once you know once me and Greg get behind them it's like oh boy here we go these guys again it's just not you know I'm not putting any names out there but it's for the most part the Thursday splits are really good run the guys are competitive everybody's fast it's just some of the guys though they just try well, to let's, keep that position I got a quote here from Chris about his race he said flowers slipped on a banana peel i dropped and wrecked but Greg and I ran top five nearly the whole race. And he had a P7. Yeah, they they did good that race. I did better on the Sunday race, but we'll get to that. I think David and I slipped on the same day, uh, banana peel. Well, it's it tough. Bad. That late exit, you know, off two, and you're trying to plant down that throttle... If you don't get it just right, or you do it too quick, or not quick enough, that car goes around. It's hard. Especially on old tires, you know? Well, and the way the tires were heating up, they were, uh, the way those setups are being made, once you get to 25, 30 laps, the heat that is put into those rear tires is pretty bad. So that was Thursday open, right? So then Thursday fixed, uh, Chris said P17... Uh, started, uh, finished P13. Race sucked, 15 cautions for 58 laps. Hard to pass in the fixed car. Uh, 
next uh, show Saturday fix morning. Greg, you ran the early race. Uh, NIS uh, P started P nine, finished P two. Another P two, huh? Or right up there, P three, P two, huh? Yeah, I, that race. Uh, I, I had not run the fix set of it all, so the first probably. 30, 40 laps, I was trying to feel it out, and there was a lot of long runs in that one. That was probably a quick quick race for us. We, I think it was an hour and a half long race. Um, I figured, I, I thought about, uh, everybody was trying to run the same line, so I was like trying to find different grooves, and I found a groove on the bottom that would just work where I was passing guys, and I ended up staying up front. Uh, I led probably 20, I think it was like 26 laps, and... Um, couldn't hold off the second place guy at the end there just burned up the rear tires on the long run wow yeah it's hard to save tires you got to do it early real early like the first three laps yeah going into sunday though me and greg raced at the same time but we weren't in the same split uh my split for the most part was a caution fest until about halfway through the race and then we we had two super long runs and I I was nursing my car around because I was on forty three uh old uh thirty three old lap tires and you know just coming off a turn turn four I literally was gonna pit like within two laps and I just low fuel spun the car four laps down and finished eleventh but I mean overall I was I was doing much better in that race I'd, if if I would if I hadn't a spun I would have easily had a top five yeah and I watched some of Dave's race there after I started p2 in my race and exiting the second turn got turned around i'm not sure if it was my fault or the guy behind me being impatient but it was what it was and i got turned and i finished 31st after that race because i got eight minutes worth of damage and then blew up event later on after it so i went and watched dave's race after that and spotted for him also in my race just like chris in the fixed race we had like 13 cautions for like 50 laps it just the these races where you get you know a quarter of the race is caution it's just getting old well let's talk about damage and i mean what is the strategy i mean we all had damage this week what is the strategy not lose a lap and just kind of pick away at it or just get it all fixed and you go several laps down i know greg you were doing kind of but you tried it both ways this week didn't you well, that's Sunday night fixed. Yeah, it was Sunday night fixed one. I got I started in the back because I crashed on my qualifying and uh, just kept getting caught up in little nicks and uh, got a little bit of damage each time wrecks started happening in front of me, none of my own doing. And uh, finally got wrecked pretty hard, had like eight minutes worth of damage, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to fix it all. I went... I think I went 13 or 14 laps down I, and I just kept picking away at it and running. I actually had one point there. I ran a 70 lap run on tires trying to get, I think I took three wave rounds and stuff like that. I got down to 10 laps down, but it was just, it's tough when you got damaged. Like some guys are like fully wrecked and they can run up front and have no problems. And then the other guys, they have little fender damage and they're like really slow down the straightaways. It's really inaccurate. Yep. Yeah, I ran Sunday night, uh, P20. Ran 15th to 10th most of the race. I think it was the highest 8th at one point. But uh, it was a long run. The car was really twitchy. I could, I was having moments where I would like, the car would go into a spin, but I would kind of save it, you know. And I had a moment, and then I had another moment, and then I wrecked. And uh, just see it coming off late exit of 2, and finally lost it, went hard in the wall, and you know, just lost my track position. And, and in my split, if you lose your track position, you're done, especially if it's late. You know, you're not getting it back. And um, it, it's just about who doesn't make a mistake, really, in, in my races. And there was a lot of cautions, but it wasn't a lot of attrition. It seems like people were still continuing to race with their damaged cars. And there were a lot on the lead lap because there were a lot of cautions. Anyway, I'm I'm tired of Texas. I, I it's not my favorite at all. So, but, uh, bring on uh, Bristol. So let's talk about Bristol. What do you guys think? I haven't run a lap yet. I probably need to tonight and start practicing. Uh, what do you guys got? 
Oh, it's going to be another caution fest, just like Martinsville. These are going to be easily two-hour races behind the pace car. It's the... I don't know how some of the setups are going to go. I mean, even with us, I I thought I had the thing tightened up as tight as I can, and eventually it just snaps. So still working on it. I spent probably about 200 laps the other night running and still haven't figured it out totally yet. Yeah, I'm sure glad they decided to not go full distance with this race. Oh, yeah. Remember, this originally was full distance, huh? Yeah, if cool. it was full distance, that would have been one of my drop weeks. <laughs> I would have had to miss work for that because it would have been so long. Well, it'll be long anyway because of the caution count. Um, trust me. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, this is the double pit road thing. You really want to be pitted on the front stretch. It's a huge, huge disadvantage to be on the back. Not sure I can explain how, but it is because of where the entry everyone has to enter and exit in the same spot but you can go faster around where you the entry is than you can on the other side of the track and so if you're on the front stretch if you haul around after you pit you'll always get in front of everybody that's on the back stretch you want a good qualifying set then well, I'm just saying, you need to qualify. I mean, that's what I mean is get on the front stretch. I think that's 22 or the top 22, 21 maybe. It'll be interesting to see how many people actually go to these races this week and actually see uh, what the turnout is. It's probably going to be the same amount of turnout like it was for Bristol where it's just, you know, you're lucky if 300 people show up. You mean Martinsville? That's what I meant. Well, let's talk uh, Road to Pro. We ran that last Tuesday night. Uh, I did. I got wrecked out with five to go, which just sucks. I mean, it just seems like my luck in that series has been horrible, horrible. Uh, I was running 15th most of the race, and I was probably going to finish 15th. But, uh, yeah, I got wrecked out. It wasn't like I wrecked on my own. But Atlanta, boy, it was... Uh, Kind of treacherous out there. Greg, you ran as well. Uh, finished fifth. Good run. Yeah, it was uh, me and Chris were in the same race. I think Chris finished in the top 10, too. Um, we, I started 28th. I didn't, for some reason, I would, when I went into the qualifying room, it wouldn't give me the qualifying button, so I had to wait till the race happened, and I started wherever, because this is the first time I've actually done a road to pro race. And it was pretty. It was pretty fun. The the setups were was was hauling for that race, and I just was patient through the race and got myself to the front and ended up with a photo finish with the guy in fourth and just lost out. It was one of those things where you were passing a lot of cars, right? I mean, you got the record probably. I seem to uh, have that every week. I don't. I don't know if it's me or it's just the fact that. I end up doing something in a race, and I end up in the back, and got to. But then you come here. back up. Yeah, I, I just wish that I could. When I do have, like have a good qualifying, I could just keep it up there the whole race because I think sometimes it costs me actual really really good finishes compared to an average finish. Well, it was a photo finish for fourth actually, but you came up short there. But uh, good run, um, fifth. I'll take it for my first uh, Road to Pro race. All right, cool. Let's uh, talk uh, other racing here. Peak Series is tonight, and they've been putting a lot of uh, information out on social media trying to promote the race. Um, uh, Steve Lavender, uh, the founder of Trading Paints, did another Power Rankings article on NASCAR.com about uh, the top drivers in the Peak Series. And what he thinks, uh, who's hot, who's not, that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of interesting. He's got a plus or a minus next to each name uh, as far as the ranking, you know, going up or down. Um, but if you want to check that out, uh, it's NASCAR.com for that one. Uh, the, also, uh, there was uh, an interesting uh, article on uh, RacingVirginia.com where... 
they talk about the chaos crew uh remember that's the four drive four or five uh peak drivers that are sponsored by richmond international raceway and uh they have a little uh basically a quotation from each driver about their race and they talk about uh you know how how it went and what they expect for the next one and that kind of thing interesting read it is and uh it's live on facebook now that's a thing i guess you can get it on youtube or facebook I guess I'll watch it. I'll put it on. Uh, I'm going to try to run some laps, though, in practice, but I'll probably have it on one of my monitors. I kind of wish they would have raced at Bristol this week to see what the, they would have done at Bristol. Well, it's weird how their schedule is. All right, let's go into topics. Greg, you're first. Uh, I guess the first thing here is uh, Hammer. Uh, John Hammer made a post about his uh, PC power supply blowing up and needing to uh, send it away to uh, get it repaired. I guess uh, he was making a post about he won't have any uh, setups for the next month here, and he was apologizing to the people on the forums. Yeah, he's the one who's been putting out the uh, free sets for everybody on the forums with the uh, Max Camber built into him for the A-car. Um since that's really that problem has surfaced so uh yeah john was saying also in another post how uh the thing was like smoking or something it was like uh really blew up seriously sounds like he has a serious uh computer to have a thousand watt power supply in it right Nah, that's, I mean, 1,000 watt power supply, that's pretty standard for gaming PCs. That's what mine is. I'm like half that. Mm, yeah, you you might want to at least upgrade to a 750. I think I have a 650, if I remember right. I think mine's a 650. Alright, David, yeah, you're next. Uh... Got an article here on the April 2018 Season 2 uh, balance of performance adjustments. More, huh? Yeah. Looks like they hit the Audi with 30 kilo kilograms. Mercedes, they added 5. Why would they add to both of them? Wouldn't they just add to one? Well, different cars, Mike. The Audi and the Mercedes are two completely different cars. Right. But what other, what car are the cars are they racing? Uh, I'm assuming that the Mercedes is the GT3 because that's the only Mercedes I know of in iRacing. And the Audi, again, I'm assuming, is the the new uh, hybrid car. Unless It's kind of funny that we have to assume that they can't spell out what car is it, you know. But anyway, uh, yeah, they they did that. Uh, All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, there's uh, a post put up on the forums. Um, I don't want to say they're, they're complaining, but they're they're uh, bringing to light the 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 merchandise section, and you know we don't have uh, we don't really have very good you know uh, i racing shirts and stuff like that. So there there's a post kind of bringing that to light and trying to get people to talk about it and well people definitely talked about it and uh uh tony garter even uh piped in and says uh stay tuned working on some great stuff with a new partner simple design but real nice shirts sweatshirts and hats etc so um i've seen some of those shirts i'm not too i'm not too fond of them i don't think i'd be purchasing them but maybe some uh some new stuff they got some little nicer looking or better quality um i might be into that yeah nice polo i mean i'm a polo kind of guy i like to wear a collared shirt you know i'm not a t-shirt guy really but uh it'd be cool if he started a new uh you know some new uh offerings there so it sounds like they are so that's pretty neat yeah i'm most definitely a t-shirt guy but my uh my, my drawer is already chocked full of them but uh you know you get a 
Get a nice hoodie up there. I'll be all over that. Right. All right. Next up, uh, a post that somebody asked the question, what's the lowest I rating you've ever raced against, road or oval? And uh, a lot of interesting responses got me thinking about a guy that I raced with not too long ago who uh, I have that Joel real timing on my laptop over here on the right side underneath my triples. And on it, you see a column that shows I rating of everybody in the race. So I can quickly look and see what everybody's I rating is. And I was in a hosted event. I don't remember which one. And sure enough, somebody had an I rating of six. And that was the lowest. Wow. I just went back to check to see uh, on my, I haven't raced uh, road courses in a while, the road license, and I don't have a very high road license, so maybe if I went into a room, maybe I'd be the lowest. Yep. Now, another poster on this uh, thread posted up a graph that's very interesting. It shows the I-rating density of oval drivers Drivers with over 100 race starts. It's color-coded by license class. And uh, it's a, it's very interesting to see where the curve is. Uh, like the median on I rating or the average is probably about 1,500, maybe 1,600 from what I can see here visually. And most of those are A, a licenses. funny to see where the b license trails off there around 4000 like the low there's some people that have b license that are like still a 4000 rating right but not very many right and there's like no c licenses above 3000 interesting to see that graph though to see how, how people where the majority of people sit is like 1600 1700 well, where do you sit in it? I'm I'm up uh I'm obviously on the above average side of it. Well, this is I get, you know, I I'm at, I was almost at 2000 by the end of this week, but uh, it just dropped a little bit the last two races, but Well, you're over the hump if you're right around that number. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not nearly that high right now. I'm I'm kind of floating between the 1200 and 1300 right now because for every every race I finish somewhat decently. I have a race the next week like Martinsville where it just kicks me back, you know, 100 I rating and I got to start all over again. Yeah, if you want to see the graph, search the forums for that what's the lowest I rating. All right, Greg, what's next? Uh, next thing here we have, uh, okay. Sorry, well, I had the it, wrong thing open. That's okay. This is the Tony Gardner post, which actually gives us some really good information about what they're doing with the tracks. Uh, basically, he says there's definitely a commitment and a budget to plug away on the old tracks. And based, you know, some of the people in the forums were complaining about some of the tracks need to be updated, you know, uh, Long Beach, you know, especially with the Long Beach Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Uh, we got a half, you know, used track up there, a track that's not really done, uh, that really needs to be finished. And there's so many other examples of that. Watkins Glen needs a rescan and they're working on Charlotte, obviously. Did they ever give a reason why they never finished uh, that that track for? Uh... It was just too much work because of all the surrounding big buildings. I guess you'll so, never see Toronto then, eh? Well, I know. For example, like they they need to go back and redo Texas because Texas isn't the same as it is on iRacing. They they changed turns oh, yeah. one and two. And Texas is way different. They should leave it because at least this one has an upper groove. You know, Phoenix is changing this year, so Phoenix is yeah. going to have to be redone. Uh, so I want to read a quote that he put in here, uh, the last part of it. 
We just updated Pocono. We're working on Michigan now. I think that's news. We're heading to England late this spring to get updated data on Silverstone, so we can start with that later this year as well. I have no idea about timing. It is a balance as we still work on new tracks, which people want as well. We know some tracks are quite old like Silverstone and many others and want to get to them over time. We also have a great new road track coming, more dirt tracks in the works, etc. So Michigan's coming. I didn't know that. I guess they repaved it, right? Yeah, they repaved it, uh, what, yeah, two years be, ago? It'll be faster. So it's one groove in NASCAR right now, right? Uh, I think so. But, I mean, is it is it going to be here by the time we get to the first Michigan race? Or is it no. going to have to wait you know, well, months this, and months on? Who knows where they're, I mean, we. this is the first I've heard of that. Gotcha. And then Silverstone, I don't even think I own that. And then new road track, uh, any speculation on what that might be? What what are we missing? It'd be yeah. interesting to see what they it would be. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there's a really good Formula One track. I don't think iRacing has a uh, Singapore. It's a real interesting tight turning track that I don't think iRacing has. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, keeps coming. Tony, you're next. Oh yeah, this this one got me uh, a little excited. Um, looks like uh, yeah, finally got some work to do on. Somebody let them in to to start taking pictures on the on the new Chev Camaro setup. Um, and uh, this is uh, done at uh, Richard Childress Racing. Um, they got. A, posted a picture up on their Facebook page and uh, you know, the, the car looks uh, super ugly, but this is really cool. And I didn't know this, but um, I guess they got to spread baby powder all over the car to take the glare off the paint job. Um, but this is awesome. They're, we're we're going to finally get this, um, get this new Camaro out there. I'm excited. It, it is an odd picture. I'd, uh, I, I wouldn't mind actually seeing that uh, that paint job done up. That'd be it. The picture itself looks cool. I'm sure it looks a lot worse in uh, in real life, but uh, the the picture kind of has a neat little smoky type uh, look to it. Well, it looks like it's been sanded. Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, you put wax on the hood or on the car, and you didn't wipe the wax off. That's what it looks like to me. But it's Ryan Newman's 31 Caterpillar Monster Cup car that uh, iRacing just scanned on April 6th in the Richard Childress Racing shop. And they covered it in baby powder. And, uh, I mean, it's literally coated in baby powder. Everything that's a piece of body has baby powder on it. And so try to picture that in your mind. Now, the reason is, is that laser scanner gets a better scan if it doesn't have those reflections, and that's the idea behind it. So, Now, here's an interesting thing. That car is covered in baby powder, but I don't see any on the floor. Yeah, how did that happen, huh? Shop back. <laughs> have you seen any grease on a shop in uh, one of those cup cars? There's nothing oh, on the floors in any of those no. shops. I mean, I guarantee you there are people that get paid full-time to do nothing but scrub those floors pretty much 24-7 when cars aren't being worked on. Uh, Steve Myers reiterated on Twitter also, late summer at the earliest, as far as when we're going to see this car. I mean, hey, it, it, it that's better than the start of next season. Yeah. So. Yep, yep, yep. At least we got we got some kind of... Some kind of something to look forward to, to as to when this is coming, not just, well, we don't even. Well, they have, have everything they need. Yeah, yeah, they're just waiting for someone to let them in and, and uh, get the information that they needed. So, this is awesome. Yeah, Richard Childress Racing seems to be a friend to iRacing. Um, you know that uh, employee, Eric Hudak, uh, worked there, and uh, it's not the first time I think they've scanned their cars. I just wish it didn't take so long. 
Well, I think NASCAR needs to make it happen. You know, they need to help us. Can I uh, can I change the next one, Mike? Yep, it's all yours. Because this, this is more my speed. Um, basically, people have been trying to figure out um, why the servers have been dropping. And for you guys that don't know a lot about the IT world, they're running what's called a tracer packet program. Now, what this does is if you go into your command line and type um, RT trace and type in the iRacing IP address, it'll show you a list of how many hops it takes to get from your computer to the iRacing server. Now, that's only one half of the story. It doesn't show you what the iRacing server necessarily takes back to get to your computer. And just because your computer went one way to the iRacing server doesn't mean the iRacing server is going to take that exact way back. It's just like, you know, out on the highway, you have ten different ways to get somewhere, if two of those ways are blocked, you're going to try to go a different way. So this this gives a little insight to that, but it's mainly only one way. It's not really the whole picture. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are having, you know, the connection problems, and they're, they're trying to sort it out is what it really comes down to. Um, they're analyzing, you know, the data count going, coming and going. And apparently they found where they need to monitor it on the outside of the firewall instead of the inside of the firewall is what I was reading. And they've made that adjustment. So they're making progress on trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and they're also thinking of alternatives. They might end up putting their hardware in a different configuration or a different location where it has a different connection. Well, plus at the same time, too, like everybody talks about how how uh you know iRacing needs to fix this quickly and everything and i'm all for that but uh i've started listening to a podcast uh it i, I know it's not iRacing it's it, it's called um software engineering daily and and on that today they were talking about you know legacy hardware and legacy servers and stuff like that so sometimes you know you you might not even know you have a problem until you have a problem so you know who knows if they have to completely re refigure like like a server stack and you know put the software back in it you know it we we don't have access to that type of data for iRacing they're not going to tell us so there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that i'm i'm sure than people realize it's yeah i, mean, it's I found easy a... to say just oh this needs to get fixed but not knowing the degree to fix it is the hard part yeah i found the a link it was out of order um of an update from Brandy Cassidy. I'm just going to read part of this here. From the internal packet captures we've analyzed so far, we can confirm that the race servers are generating all the expected packets and that they are not being delivered to the SIM and that packets generated by the SIM are being properly delivered to the race server. The SIM observes the incoming packet loss and displays it on the LQS frame rate display as the left side of the cue bar growing. Unfortunately, the hardware that we're using to perform our local packet captures was not configured correctly. It's capturing data from the inside of our firewall. So we cannot yet exclude our firewall as being the source of the trouble. So we're in the process of reconfiguring the device to be on the outside of our firewall. Once that's straightened out, we'll analyze again, etc. We also continue to have discussions with the ISP about the problem, and we're investigating alternative solutions for the U.S. race-serving farm in case the issue cannot be pinpointed. So, yeah, big action's happening. They're actually uh, digging into it. Are any of you guys actually having issues? Like, I have, I see a little jump sometimes, but I've never actually... Knock on wood, but since I've come back in the last, I don't know, since Daytona, I have yet to been dropped. I've same, dropped once recently, but not a lot. Same with me. I, I haven't had an issue since we were when we were trying to connect in Daytona. The only issue I had was the Texas race Sunday where there was a ton of shadow and I didn't run at 84 frames a second. I ran it. Uh, 65 frames a second, but it didn't it didn't uh, impact my performance. Now I forgot to mention during that race, I ended up in first place because the guy in front of me literally disappeared. Like 
the race showed me in second, he was in front of me, and then it's just like you, you snap your fingers and he was gone, and then when we came around for the next lap, it put me in first. So I don't know if he dropped. I I didn't get a chance to see if it said he had disconnected, but he had just straight disappeared, not even blinking. So it wow. sounds to me like there are definitely still server issues. So. Well, I know that when I race on that Saturday morning early or early one at 6 a.m., that has a lot of European and Australian um, server or guys that are racing from their servers. And it's, you know, it's a hard room sometimes to be in because there is some bad connections. I mean, the racing well, is good, but some of the connections are really hard to get complete from, you know, the other side of the world. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the, the, that that is a big thing. Um I I've seen a picture online of what the internet looks like and the amount of mileage that, you know, servers from New Zealand and Europe and stuff have to travel to Boston or wherever is kind of ridiculous. So the fact that they're driving reasonably well with us at all is, you know, something kind of to marvel at. All right, Greg, you're next. Uh, this is a topic that I thought I'd, bring in this week just since i'm on because it's something that i'm part of but or i like to think about like i racing goals or just goals and on, on the sim in general and if any of you guys had goals when you're racing or during the week or during the month or for a season or whatever i was just bringing it up to see what some of you guys you know what what do you strive for when you're driving well i mean since I'm still technically a rookie in NIS. This is my first, you know, full season. Um, I mean, I try to do a goal of, you know, 15th or better in most races. And I have a goal at the end of the season to be at 2,000 I rating. And as long as I keep driving the way I'm driving, I look like I'm definitely going to hit that. So that's my goal, short and long term. I'm kind of in the same boat as, uh, as David there. Um, I'm trying to, if I can average top 10 finishes this year, um, that, that's, that's my goal. And, uh, um, I don't really have a goal for I rating definitely a lot higher than where I'm at, but, uh, that's, that, that's my goal for the season. I don't really, I don't think I have any other goals as of yet anyways. All right. Yeah. I probably top 20 overall in NIS open and fixed uh i'm not going to hit that i already can see that now uh i'll be lucky to get top 20 in division uh division two uh, but that's probably the goal that's been the goal for several years in a row now and um so is it a goal if it's really the same goal for several years in a row i was thinking about that when you asked greg if you had a goal i was like well i guess i really don't i mean i'm um, yeah, I'm trying to go in. I'm trying to get a top 15, trying to get a top 10, trying to get a win. But am I going to win? Probably not, unless it's Daytona or, or Talladega. Um, I might win those. But, yeah, I, I, it kind of threw me off because I really don't have a goal for the week. You know, I'm just trying to survive and get on to the next week. Try to get as much points as I can, really, I guess is the thing. There's six drop weeks, and... So every week, you if you have an opportunity to take a start and get some points, it counts because you'll need those six weeks at some point during the season, you know, to give up somewhere else. Yeah, because when I brought it up, I thought about it for myself, and I know each week I, you know, I, I want to be in the top ten all the time. You know, it's not realistic all the time to think you might be in the top ten all the time, but you know, you, you got to strive for something. And then I always try and, for me, is each week I want to see an improvement in the I rating. I, you know, I I set a a goal of sometimes you know 150 plus I rating and make sure my safety rating goes up, never goes down. At least it's always going up safety wise. Like I'm trying to be the safe, you know, safe driver out there as much as I can and and be respected by when guys I'm out there racing with. So it's it's you know it's easier to race sometimes that way too if you have you know. You race around more people more often. Maybe they get used to you racing, and you you know you can you can deal with things um, and not get in wrecks more yeah, when you're up in the front, right? But basically, the cleaner you race, the people 
will give you more people, give you more slack when something accidentally does happen. Because I've noticed too, since I've come back to racing, is I've started picking up on a lot of these people are new that I've never raced against before. So you know, I'm getting used to seeing more people in these rooms each time, and I'm getting used to certain ones that I know I can, you know, I can go underneath them and maybe have a good race off the corner with them. And sometimes I got to be careful around them. Yeah, I get that. Like, I've been racing long enough with these guys that they know I'm a clean driver. And a funny story of guys were actually joking with me in uh, the Phoenix race. I I completely blew through my braking point, accidentally bumped a guy in the back one time, and he fell back like three spots. And they're like, wow, way to race dirty. I'm like, bro, I completely missed my braking point. And he kind of he kind of jabbed at me the whole race. But he, he definitely knew it wasn't intentional. So, you know, if, if you... If you race clean, guys are definitely, you know, will give you the benefit of the doubt more than not. Because a, a lot of guys also know that it is racing and accidents are going to happen. All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, boy, you uh, you caught me sleeping. Um, more talk about uh, the AI. There's a there's a forum post up. Um, it's a lot of hate, actually, is well, what it is. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's it's a forum post and, and another poll. Uh, do you want AI? And the choices are, yeah, I can't wait. And no, I'm with you. Um, now, I guess I should point out the, 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 the topic of the forum is, you know, I, I can't believe anyone wants AI competition. Well, 52% of... Uh, 638 total votes said, yeah, I can't wait. And, um, you know, I, I didn't vote on this one and I, I usually don't on these silly polls, but, um, I, I'm definitely with the majority on this. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, it's just another, another, it's option. another benefit. Yeah. Yeah. You um, don't have to use it. Well, I was right. thinking. I was thinking, like, I heard you guys bring this up once before, and when I was listening on one of the older pod or one of the podcasts from before, and I thought, I thought about, I'm, I was trying, I was kind of yelling at my, my uh, phone, trying to, well, you guys were talking about it, and I was saying, I don't know why people think that the AI is going to be a bad thing. Like, there's some some parts of, like, times of the day, it's really hard to fill up a field. If you could just have something there to race against even a half size field compared to like 10 people. It's, it's gotta be more beneficial to you to pass, to learn techniques, to do things around the track. Like they're going to get the AI in and it's probably going to have some glitches and things like that, but they'll get it right. I'm sure they will. But will it kill participation in the regular racing? I don't think it's going to kill participation at all. I mean, uh, the online racing is, is the heart of iRacing, and that's why thousands of people sign up for this. Um, this is just another option. Like, And I, I'd i have to think that I'm a bit of the majority as, you know, I'll use it um, for practicing, um, trying out new things, uh, things that I really don't know if I want to try with other people on the track. Right. Um, Nothing to so, lose. Yeah, absolutely. So, so why not, right? And then I'll take what I learned there and try to apply it into an online race. So, uh, I see it as just a huge win for for everybody. I do so. too. Just mainly for the simple fact of testing. Like, you know, yeah, it's nice to throw up a test session and run your own car and everything, but I tend to learn a track better when I have somebody who knows what they're doing. You know, that I can follow. That's, I was going to go with the same thing with you there, David. I I run better behind somebody than I do sometimes being chased by somebody just by learning what they're doing and, you know, references. So if you have, even if it's not a fast part on the track, at least you know, you know, you know what your setup's doing trying to get underneath somebody off a corner instead of running it by yourself. And then all of a sudden you go into a race, you turn down trying to go underneath somebody and it spins out. Yeah, like like in the, the Texas race on Saturday, like, I was following a guy and I had, you know, 20 laps on the, those 43 lap old tires at the time. And he moved up half a groove and I was starting to seriously lose time. So I tried moving up half a groove and that really helped. You know, I, I wouldn't have 
you know, known that if I hadn't been following somebody. So, you know, the fact that you can learn that and, you know, set up passing and everything, that that's a good way to do things. Yeah, but if the AI is bad, they're not going to move up a half groove and you're not going to, you're going to be following an AI guy trying to learn something, but they're all on a rail, you know, around the bottom. And that's something they're going to have to test and work with. It's, it's no different than some of these one groove tracks anyways, right? Well, like we speculated originally, <clears throat> wouldn't it be cool if they could take the telemetry from a real driver and somehow recreate that real driver as an AI driver? based on his, you know, previous inputs. Well, the one thing that the problem with that is they'd have to adapt it to iRacing speeds, right? I don't know if you guys saw, there was, I read a post yesterday about uh, the roadside. Some of the tracks were like three or four seconds off from uh, real life and, you know, on certain tracks. And it's like, imagine if, you know, you got someone real fast and they put the AI in and that, tracks not the identical to what it um what you're racing speed wise it would wouldn't translate very well texas is an example of that oh yeah and the race like if you watch the race they were running times that uh weren't even close to they were a second second and a half faster in the race well we don't have an updated track you know so there's a lot of things going that complicate that now, there were eight pages of posts. There were a lot of people talking about this. There was another post guy put up, would you like OpenAI to develop iRacing's AI for them? 63% said no to that. OpenAI is a Elon Musk company uh, that created an uh, OpenAI program that could beat the best Dota 2 players in the world, whatever that is. Dota 2. Some kind of video game. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's like League of Legends. It's a uh, MOBA. Anyway, bad idea. But uh, the neat thing also about AI that came up was Tony Gardner and uh, another guy answered asked a bunch of questions about how is this going to work. And Tony actually sat down and wrote out the answers to all the questions. So I'm going to go through the good ones here. It will be on the beta UI only. You'll see a section that says race, race against AI, just like you see for official, hosted, time attack, etc. You click on race against AI. Then you click on a button that says create a race slash season. Click that. You'll then be the admin to select your options, settings, and various choices. Then you hit the big race button like you always do. Simple as that. Yes, you use your existing content. There's no extra charge for AI. I kind of like the way that that sounds because for someone like me who does testing in the middle of the night since I work nights and I nobody races at nighttime, I could set up my own thing there and test with them. Next question, what car series and tracks will be available with AI? He says, all eventually, I hope. It certainly is looking that way. Certainly some special case bugs to work on, however. Right now, for example, the AI does not like going over jumps with the GRC cars, but we do have all the cars working now in various states. I was just watching 40 completely different cars go around Bristol all at once. It was pretty funny seeing the F1 car out there flying around with the Legends car, the Dirt cars, and things like that. You won't be able to do that, however, but you will be able to have multi-class AI like IMSA, for example. You need to post that video that going around the track. Well, here's the funny thing. I read down through this post a little bit, and uh, they were actually going to um, uh, try and have a video like that ready as the uh, as the April Fool's joke for this year, but they weren't able to make it happen. But they did say that they might release that video. I really hope they do because that, that would be really neat to see. Uh, we'll be able to f- fill up a grid in human races. He says, no. If there's a strong demand, we could consider doing it for hosted or private only someday, but not in the initial I, release. I was going to say, like, that would kind of be nice, especially if you have, like, you know, 10 drivers for, like, the truck, the C-Series for the truck sometimes. the You know, the amount of drivers in that certain races feel a little light, so it would be nice to kind of balance that to, like, 
you know, 30 trucks with like 10 being AI or whatever, but I can see how a lot of people wouldn't want to deal with that. What if, uh, what if they implemented when, you know, say if it was a small field, like, you know how, I guess, what is it, eight that you need to get an actual legitimate race? Official, yeah. Official race. What if, say, 10 or whatever went in the race, and then if it was, like, under, say, 15 or whatever, you had the option, every person in that room can vote yes or no to having AI put into it um, to make the race, you know, full. If everyone voted, Before sure. Before the race started, and then you can, it can be added in, because all it is is, like, clicking a box and turning it on, right? There'll always be that one guy who won't. But, uh, yeah, good idea. Uh, the the final question that he answered that was kind of interesting, um, what about doing AI offline? And he says, no. Think of it like testing currently. That is essentially offline, but you still need the internet to log in for various reasons. We do have a commercial version of iRacing. We call it the trade show version, which has a different interface and works completely without the internet. We would have AI available for that as well. That is purchased as a commercial license. Coming soon to a console? Question <laughs> mark. Ouch. I don't know about that. Well, pretty interesting information there about AI. All right, what's next? Uh, host racing for leagues. All right. And it's here. Um, hold on. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a post by Tyler Hudson. And he says, yes, I'm so excited about this. I was in a meeting earlier this week. Very much progress has been made. So apparently they're bringing heat racing to leagues uh, here shortly. Well, that'll be nice. Do you think they're ever going to get to the stages in the NIS or anything like that? Or do you think they'll bring it to the Peak Series first? Sure, you know, 10 years down the road, they'll get there. I think we need it, you know. Especially if NASCAR's trying to get involved in what we're doing. I, I haven't ever seen anything from iRacing that said anything about stages. They've never said the word. Well, again, Mike, that goes all back to coding, and we don't know, you know, what type of coding iRacing uses or, or you know, how much of a Herculean task it might be to do that. You know, with, with ancient code comes ancient headaches. All right, I'm going to take the next topic here. Um, it's a little sensitive. Uh, there's a guy named Sergio Abella. And he's from the club of Hispano Americano. Uh, I think it's uh, South America. He's he obviously speaks Spanish, and I've raced with him. He's in the NASCAR iRacing series, and he has a similar i rating to where I'm at. I've seen him in my splits before. And anyway, he's really taken to the forums recently. If you have been on the forums in the last few weeks, you've certainly have seen Sergio's uh, post. Uh, he's very, very busy on the forums. Now, English is not his primary language, and so he's using some kind of translation software. I don't know. But he's trying to put up, you know, sometimes he actually puts up Spanish. But most of the time he puts up English that's been translated from Spanish in some way. And I think something's getting lost in the translation because it's really hard to understand what he's asking for. He has very uh, interesting ideas and propositions that he proposes. Um, like one of them was, we need a pink license. You know how we have the blue and the green and the yellow and the red well, and a black for the pro? Well, we need a pink one for the owner of the team. And, um, and I don't know if it's just lost in translation or what he really means, but he has a lot of different posts like this. And and because it's a huge community, there's a lot of people on the forums, and a lot of them are trolls, and a lot of them make fun of people like this. And that has been happening on the forums, and it's kind of embarrassing. It kind of is racial, uh, maybe, or racist to a, to a degree. Uh, it's a little uncomfortable to read some of these forum posts. Uh, and he actually uh, 
Sergio actually posted up another post that said, you know, please admins, uh, they are they are bullying me and uh, trying to uh, draw attention to the what these people are saying about him and various things. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Is it just lost in translation, or has this guy got a problem? Or I I think a lot of that's lost in translation. But as far as the bullying goes, um, unfortunately, in my Sunday race at Texas, uh, one one guy got into an accident with somebody, and of course, instead of saying sorry, he jumps on the other guy's grill, and the other guy was Spanish, and he started saying all kinds of nasty things that I'm not going to repeat. But um. You know, I I really hope there was an iRacing mod in there. Um, there's just no excuse for that. Uh, I I know iRacing is an American company and they're based out of Massachusetts, but iRacing is a global simulator, and you need to respect everybody on here because everybody pays money and everybody has the right to use this service. Yeah, and I and I you know I appreciate what Sergio is doing. He's trying to participate in the forums and start conversation and there's you know a group of people that are really dragging it down by being rude about it It, it's uncalled for like there's no need for people to i mean obviously people hide behind forms and things that that's the biggest problem is these these are things people will never say to someone's face it's it's easy to type it down but you know if you ever met the person they wouldn't be able to do it. It, it they're all cowards they're internet cowards yeah, and I've been watching this happen kind of in develop over the last few weeks. We don't have all those links here, but um, and at one point I remember Tyler Hudson actually was in the middle of one of those threads telling everybody to pipe down, basically. It's getting out of control. So I think they're aware of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it still needs to be professional. We need to treat each other with respect. Uh, I race with Sergio. He's not that bad. Uh, he does have a, you know, like you said, a, a global internet connection that can kind of sometimes be laggy, but um, he still races hard. He's a NASCAR driver, and he's running the same series I do, so I kind of like to see what he has to say, but uh, some of the things uh, he's putting out there don't really make a lot of sense, uh, but he's out there trying. And good for him, you know. It's a, a, a lot of guys are out here trying, but a lot of guys are also out here trolling and there's no excuse for that. Um, one of the guys in the, in the, in the race, um, he was from New, New Zealand and he was kind of like telling some of the guys like, like, you know, why, why are you guys talking like that? There, there's absolutely no excuse for stuff like that. And, you know, I, I applauded him. And I, I, again, like I said, we all pay for this service. We're all entitled to use it, and we need to make iRacing the best service it can be. Well, all right, let's get into hardware software. Tony, you're up first. Okay. Uh, we got a post here. Um, this is a fella, I guess he's he was looking at for, uh, looking for some help. He was having some issues now. It's, it's, it's kind of long for me and i really didn't read it all that well so bear with me but the well, idea, I, it, I think the lesson issues. well i think the lesson here is what he came up with is what fixed it was replace the router yeah yeah his his, his router was just old and and not up to par anymore um i i've most definitely had those issues and i've had to replace my router to um to get it to do the things that i needed it to do so yeah, they they they're they're only good for a few years or so, and then you gotta then you gotta upgrade. Yeah, and he brought he brought up another stereotype that I I noticed. The old router was a Netgear. Well, Netgear has been notorious for having connection problems with iRacing. So don't forget that. I hadn't heard that for a, a couple of years, but when he said that, I, it it set off something in my memory. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. You know. Well, that's interesting, and and it's just related to that one brand, eh? Yeah, and in fact, at some point, I had connection issues, and I replaced my router, and I went away from a Netgear, and it actually fixed it. So, well, that's good to know. I mean, hopefully, I don't have to replace mine for another couple of years yet. But uh, I usually, I usually go with D-Link. They've always uh, done me well. Yeah, it was kind of a lesson learned situation. I mean, he was looking, he was going to try some other things and, 
you know, just cut to the chase, you know. Just, instead of monkeying around with it, just replace it. All right, well, uh, final topic, I believe it is here. Uh, another video, another week uh, comes with Richard Childress Racing putting out a video of the sim in their shop, this time Ty Dilling. Ty Dillon is the driver. And we've talked about these each week. And uh, <clears throat> somebody on the forums pointed out, oh, man, look at their shifter he's got. Did you guys see it? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw this thing. And then uh, I was like, that is, that, dang, that is, that is slick. And then you go to the web page and you go, oh, my God. Yeah, so they have a web page where they sell this particular shifter. I figured out the model of it. It the website is pro-sim.co.uk. So obviously from England. 195 pounds, an H pattern shifter from uh, July of 2016. And uh boy, this thing looks heavy duty, man. It's all metal and everything. Uh when you shift it, it's got that realistic feel to it is what it looks like. Well, they got what it, they, they call it a synchromesh gearbox. Um, so it's, it's very, very close to, uh, to an actual uh, gearbox in a real car. Um, so you're definitely going to have all that real feeling. And um, they were talking about stuff. Uh, um, uh, things are slipping or you're not getting quite into gear and it, and it really, uh, you really notice it. It's, it's big. I mean, I don't know if it would fit where I have a spot for it, but there's a video. If you click over under videos and you can see it in action and boy, it is like machined metal part. It's probably looks like it weighs several pounds. I was going to say the shipping cost on that would be expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, twelve hundred dollars or sorry, twelve hundred pounds uh, for a shifter. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty steep. <laughs> it's about it's about thirteen hundred dollars. Jeez. Because pounds are worth more than the U.S. dollar, so it's whatever it is. You need to add about at least another hundred bucks, hundred and fifty. Yeah, and in the video, they're showing the mechanism. You, they took apart the little plates that hide it. And you can actually see inside of it how it works, and it's all mechanical. Very interesting. I've never seen a really high-quality H-pattern shifter until today, I think. This is the first time I've seen one that's like this style. Oh, this, this one totally uh, blows anything out there right out of the water. Um, yeah, a, lot my... of, a, lot, a lot of work has gone into this thing, and it does look very slick. I was, I was going to say, it's good for road racing, but I guess if you're on the oval, it really does, you're only using it for like a couple seconds. For restart. Um, yeah. till, till, or, or, you know, for the road courses, but, you know, most of the, uh, like the GT3 cars that don't support 8-shifter. Wow, it's pretty cool, man. So, yeah, again, let's talk about that website. It is uh, pro dash sim.co.uk so check that out and you can order yourself one of those shifters uh pretty cool uh, let's get into final thoughts uh david flowers you're up first uh just you know hoping not to be a crash fest at uh bristol and hopefully come out there you know with at least half a car yeah, exactly, and uh, or the pace car doesn't get stuck in the wall, which has been known to happen there before, and uh, then you run the next 100 laps under caution until the checkered flag, so you don't lose IR. All right, uh, Gregory Hectus, uh, final thoughts? Uh, just looking forward to another week of racing. Hopefully uh, the Thursday race that uh, I'm sure David and I will be in, it doesn't go too long, because... I do have to go to work in the afternoon, so let's let's hope it's doesn't take too long under caution. Don't don't worry, Greg. You'll you'll make half the race and you'll be fine. Yeah, and uh, attrition is going to be big, I think. 
Don't forget to qualify, too. All right, Tony Groves, final thoughts? Yeah, well, I uh, completely missed out on any kind of racing last week. I hurt my back at work, and um, I did actually try to uh, make the Thursday night fixed race. Um, I got 20 minutes into my practice and just couldn't sit on my butt anymore. Um, the worst part about that, that's what I do for my job, sit on my butt all day. So uh, things are getting a little better, and uh, I'm going to try Bristol. This will be my first shot at it. Um, I'm not. My, my hopes are not high at all. If I can finish the race, I will be a happy camper. Stay high. The high groove is where you want to be. And uh, I think we talked about this a little bit last night as far as Bristol goes. You drive in hard, hard on the top at Bristol when you go into one and three. And you think that there's no way in the world I can drive in this hard going into this corner without hitting that wall that's five feet away. But you can, and you will, and it will stick. And uh, that's the way this car is. It's almost like it, I was I was telling Greg, it almost feels like it's broken because you're driving it in there so darn hard. But the fast guys, that's how they do it. You drive in really hard at the top, and you just ride around the top and the corners, and and that's it. Yeah, you now, can... I wasn't having any I wasn't having any issues, uh, you know, driving in it real hard on on one, but on uh, on turn three I was I've got some I've got some work to do. I got to practice that one. You're better off diamonding the corner in three and four, Tony. You can't run one and two the same. If if you can't run flat out against the wall, just diamond the corner. You'll be fine. Or just try to go a half lane down if you have to. It'll be interesting because you, know. you, you can't really make any mistakes. If you make a mistake, it's going to cost you. It's over, yep. but you're, you're, better, um, you're better off diamonding the corner. Yeah, it's all about focus, like you said. No mistakes. These are 15-second laps, you know. All right, they're, into, uh, they're into the 14 seconds. Oh, my. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, boy, we got a, I got a schedule change coming up with my work. Uh, one of the disadvantages of this particular job, we change schedules every six months. It's not too different. Uh, we're going to have Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays off. And then I do four tens. And I usually work Sunday mornings to get overtime. So basically, Wednesday, Thursdays off. That's great for NIS. Because there's obviously two starts on each of those days. So in theory, I should be able to start four times now in NIS. Uh, when right now I'm basically starting three. So it'll be good on that uh, aspect. The the bad aspect as far as the podcast is we won't be able to record it on Tuesday nights like usual. So we're going to be moving to Wednesday nights starting in May. Uh, I think that starts May the week of May 6th. So uh, we'll be moving to Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern for the live recording of the podcast. Uh, so if you're watching us on YouTube, you can uh, find us on that day starting in May. So uh, I'm ready for Bristol. I'm real sick of Texas. I did not have any good runs there at all. And uh, really didn't put a lot of points on the board. It's been a kind of crappy year for me so far. So uh, looking for some points. I usually do pretty good at Bristol. It's just about surviving. So stay on that lead lap and get it done. And with that, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.